And welcome back to centralcoastradio.com. Well, one of the big films to get released this year is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. And uh, 
we were lucky enough for all four of us to go to the Australian premiere of this one. So we're all going to uh, put in a little bit about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. And uh, look, this is basically a retelling or a reboot of um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise. It basically tells the story of how Donatello, Micah Abbey, Michelangelo, Shaman Brown Jr., Leonardo, Nicholas Cantu, and Raphael Brady Noon, how they all started off their crime-fighting adventures, of course, with the help of April O'Neil, um, voiced here by Ayo Edebiri, um, and under the watchful eye, of course, of um, Master Splinter, voiced here by Jackie Chan. So you've probably all seen the story before. This time around, though... Um, Directors Jeff Rowe and Kyla Spears, along with their team of writers and include Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, they have changed things up a little bit, um, but uh, we'll discuss that as we go through this all. Uh, let's kick it off with you, Harley. What did you think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem? Sure, pick on me first. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, I was actually looking forward to kind of the fresh take of it being voiced by actual teenagers for a change mm. just to yeah. see how that would come about and look I, I think the guys did well but at, on the other hand I do think it was um a little bit oh I don't know do I want to say puerile or something it just it it really went sort of hardcore on the the constant gags like um if you remember my one of my least favorite films of recent history was the Thor Love and Thunder just because they had to pack a joke into every single second as much as possible like it was just ridiculous how much came in so i felt it was getting dangerously close to that level but there was some fun stuff in there like some um gags that they sort of kept coming back to but uh, overall like didn't hate it. I just, um, the only thing that sort of had me on the back foot was kind of the the latest iteration of their origins. It just didn't seem to me like these turtles would have been able to fight, fight their way out of a paper bag based on their <laughs> backstory. <laughs> but, but aside from that, you know, I pretty much love the characters and it was, it was just good fun. It wasn't, the deepest thing in the world, but it gave them sort of motivations and good um, ties to what was happening and how it all came together. So it, it wasn't just a lot of sporadic, unrelated things. Sort of everything was kind of linked in one way or another. So yeah, didn't didn't absolutely hate it, but I I guess me being where I am and how since loving the very first iteration of the turtles in the comics. Um, I would just have liked something a little bit darker and a little bit deeper, I think. Yeah, I'm the same as you, Harley. I, I thought the same thing. Being such a fan of the Turtles when I was younger, like one of my earliest memories from primary school is um, going to one of my friend's house for a sleepover to watch the first film when it came out on um, VHS. Like, I, I absolutely loved um, the Turtles when I was growing up. I had... Um, the cards and everything like that. And even today, um, I'm good friends with someone who does some of the artwork for some of the comics. And I end up with uh, with some of his uh, scraps and 
like they're all around the house at the moment. So I do love the turtles and I wasn't sure what to expect um, from this film. Um, I was kind of a little bit worried after I first saw the trailer, um, but I was going into it with a very open mind. But some of the things I did like was the style of this film. I loved the kind of graffiti artwork style that the film um, had. I, I also... Yeah, I, I have to agree. Absolutely. The, the, the painting of it was mm. so good and so visceral. It had like texture to it. It was something you could kind of almost get your teeth into while you're watching it. It was great. I mean, some of the character designs could be a bit goofy, which is not my favorite thing in animation, but the the style of painting, absolutely loved it. Yeah, and it matched kind of the the dirty, grimy streets that um that this depiction of the of the turtles had them in, like the graffiti on the wall kind of stuff. And it also matched like like as you said, Harley, that this time around the, the four turtles were teenagers voiced by teenagers. So it kind of went for that as well. And I know Seth Rogen played a very big part in choosing the music for this um, film, and he's done the same thing. There was, like, um, rap and hip-hop songs from from the last 30, 40 years all making their way onto the soundtrack. So it, it, including a little clip from Ninja Rap from the second Ninja Turtle movie. Correct, yeah. yeah. yeah that in there somewhere. <laughs> so it had a very kind of urban street vibe, and the, the artwork really, really uh, matched that. But... I'm not sure if this was the story that we needed. Like there's a Turtles show at the moment on Nickelodeon. So this is not even like they've taken a, a cartoon or a comic book series from 30 years ago and rebooted it. Uh, the, the show is currently on TV. Um, fans of the Turtles of all ages have watched it on Nickelodeon. So it's not even like kids needed the reboot to to get into the turtles they're already into the turtles um so i don't know it was kind of strange to do a reboot like i don't know why they didn't just do a story that kind of moved it along and i know that the argument is that this is going back and and making them teenagers and it's going for that whole teenage kind of thing but i think like kyle and i were talking afterwards it's like how many times have we seen the spider-man story rebooted in our lifetime like it's it's mm -hmm. The turtles are catching that now with like how many times we've seen this story rebooted and rebooted and rebooted. Like, um, and as a fan, I kind of sat there and went, okay, it's interesting that you've got this take on how they learnt their ninja skills and as a very different splinter this time around. But I've seen it before. Like, I just wanted it to get into the actual mystery case kind of um story. And I think the only thing that really kind of saved it for me from that point of view was that i liked the take on april this time making her kind of a an awkward kid at school that kind of a, appealed to me rather than the the drop dead gorgeous april o'neill that the three like the four of us all grew up um watching on tv so i found that interesting but um yeah i don't know but I that's just... an interesting dynamic too i think in sort of recent um reboots of turtles April's gotten younger. She's been more yeah. a teenager, whereas she was the one thing from the original iteration. Like she always started as a reporter. She was the adult, yeah. whereas the although it's it's kind of still hard to see the teenage mutant ninja turtles as teenagers. They were always huge and built. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apart from the whole pizza thing, it was kind of like 
are they teenagers? I know they like skateboards, but really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas but, um, this time around, yeah. I think this time around, they almost feel like they're, they're Bart Simpson kind of turtles. Like yeah. you're, you're expecting them to start coming out with like Bart Simpsonisms and things like that. But look, I think for me, I was pleased that they didn't go down the, the shredder um, trip again for most of the film. Um, <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, but I don't know. The villains for me just seem to have a little bit of a weakness. And I was just reading that apparently um, it was almost a last minute decision in the script writing to take um, Shredder out. They originally did have Shredder in this film and they and um, head writer Jeff Rowe wanted to change it and make it a villain that kind of had a little bit of empathy towards the Turtles in a sense. So, but yeah, I think... I liked elements, but I really would have preferred something more from the villain side of things. And I'm just not sure that a reboot was the way to go. But look, I did enjoy it. I just didn't love it the way that I probably would have a lot of other Turtles stuff. So, Lee, what's your thoughts on the latest Turtles film? I guess with the Turtles so established already, it didn't have any big wow moments for me. Um I thought, you know, I could, I could hear the audience reacting to a lot of the the jokes or one-liners. I um, And a lot of the adults were reacting. I could hear a lot of laughter. So you could hear the audience responding for sure. Um, I also noted that the little kids were um, the smaller kids. I think there was a five-year-old behind me, I would think. Um, he kept sticking his head through my chair <laughs> the whole movie and while he was restless because he's so little, he was certainly trying to make sure he could see the whole movie. He was really intrigued by it and he loved it. Do you think, though, that that's because in his five years of life, he's only seen it rebooted twice, whereas us as like 30 and 40-year-olds, we've seen it rebooted about five, six times now? I guess so. <laughs> and it's colourful. It's colourful for kids. And yeah. um, I suppose the way that these graphics were done was is a little different to maybe what kids are watching these days with Disney and things like that. So it probably was different for the kids watching it today. What what did you think of, you know, how the audience was aimed? Do you think it suited the kids? Mm. See, I think the visuals really capture them. The little kids wouldn't get the jokes, of course, because they're yeah. too little. But yeah. the adults were responding to that. So I guess it's more of a family film because then you have adults that will respond to that, but kids that are loving you know, the characters themselves. Yeah. Um, but I, I wasn't sure what age group, if, if you took out family, um, I'm not sure what age group it was aimed at. See, that's always been something that's been interesting with the Turtles. I mean, I think we, you, us guys were talking about it before the film the other day that um, Jim Henson was kind of shocked after he did the puppet work on the first film to see how much violence was in it. And like I, I know for myself, I got in trouble for taking a pair of nunchucks to primary school um, <laughs> when I was in primary school. So it's always been that kind of thing where the turtles are probably that little bit more violent than other um, cartoon series that's out there. Like they're using swords and stuff like that. It's back so. from when we were young. They, you yeah. know, there was quite violent um, cartoons, I guess I'd yeah, call yeah. them, back yeah, in the I, day. I think in that period, you're right, it, it wasn't 
such a big deal. No, there was yeah. like 10 years beforehand, it would have been a huge no-no. Yeah. And then these days it starts to be a bit more of a no-no again, but it's that period. It was like, it's a free-for-all. Yeah. So, so you're saying mm. that Mrs. Tope overreacted when I brought nunchucks to school? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Not <have done> that. <laughs> the, uh, the ninja stars were a problem. No, I yeah. <laughs> when I say nunchucks, I mean actual nunchucks too, because yeah. my cousin was into martial arts and had nunchucks, <laughs> so I took them to school. Terrible. I still have them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I think I wasn't a huge fan of the visuals. Um, I know that you love the artwork and Dave, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Um, and I can see why. I think when I saw the trailer for this, I thought, oh, that looks fantastic. But I think sitting through a whole movie of that, it just didn't appeal to me so much. Um, but that's just a personal choice, I guess. We all like, you know, artwork in different forms. Um, I like a bit more of the gothic style, I suppose, um, and other anime. Um, but, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I definitely think it's more of a family film, I guess, if you really think about it. Um, but, yeah, there's not much more to add really from me because you've all yeah. really covered what I would have said about it. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? What did you think of this one? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm... Like you do, I've been a huge, uh, huge fan of the Ninja Turtles from when I was a kid, and yeah, it, it's weird just seeing how many reboots there've been to the point that yeah, I've you lose track of them. It's like oh my god, there's actually been like two since the what I thought was the last one, you know, with like different TV shows and different um, different movie incarnation yeah. stuff, but. Yeah, I, I was interested to see. I guess this one, I am. I was curious, like about the art style. Um, like I thought that was kind of inspired somewhat by uh, the Spider Verse movies, but yeah, yeah. yeah like I, I actually, I'm not a fan of it 100 percent in the Spider Verse movies, but I actually, yeah, I thought that it it pulled it off okay here. The way it's it's kind of like a solid 3D animation, but it's got that kind of uh yeah that that sketch like artistic style to it um yeah like kind of just that stylization to it i, I actually thought that was really good there's a part where it was like the camera was pulling back through a hallway and like as the lights got further and further away there were like more sketches going over the top of the like more scribbles going over the top of the lights, like they were, they were, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's like I thought, yeah, that's actually, I actually really like that. And the amount of, um, as you say, Dave, the, the amount of like Easter eggs and little details and graffiti and stuff in the background of scenes, I think was really well done and something that, um, the uh, something that the more standard uh, traditional CGI, like the one that the the two thousand seven Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Um, couldn't really achieve because it's just a lot more uh, basic animation style, I guess. Um, so I guess I, I think it did kind of work. Um, the comedy as well, I thought was pretty good for the most part, but my God, I got sick of the pop culture references. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, well, I think there was one joke that they um, milked too much. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Let me just. Oh, I'll get I'll Once you see that, the movie, yeah. you'll know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll begin to that. Like the, um, 
Like, I think Seth Rogen and the other, there was like five writers of the movie. Like, they didn't really know how to present the characters as, as teenagers beyond just like, inundating us with music and movie and celebrity and anime pop culture throughout. Like, even um, like Leonardo's, um, towards the end of the movie, gives like these mo- motivational speeches to each of his, his brethren. And yeah, it's like two of them he just inspires by reminding them of a pop culture thing like oh you're like this anime you're like this this music artist or whatever and it's just i don't know i think like that's the problem that i had with this story um and the movie and basically the whole reboot (laughs) might just be a problem with society in general (laughs) yeah i guess but like with this because it's kind of um it's something that's been rebooted so many times in like the last 20 years in particular, and none of them have really done anything that to have any real lasting appeal or to bring anything really new to the table. Like I liked some of the, the different takes on the characters. Uh, Dave, you mentioned uh, the, the, the kind of different take that Splinter was more of a protective father um, kind of character rather than being this wise master ninja. And the way those, kind, I, I like the way those kind of themes of, uh, alienation and fear of uh, kind of xenophobia in a way. Um, those those themes were kind of throughout the entire movie and affected all the characters and stuff. And and I did like that, but at the same time, it's really the same characters doing the same things. And and they can change a, a few things here or there, but it's mostly they just keep going back to the eighties TV show and the original two movies. Like like you say, they had to reference vanilla ice in it because that's something that people actually remember nobody remembers anything else from the last 15 <laughs> 20 years where like does anybody remember anything from the michael bay movies other than how goddamn ugly the turtles were like that's <laughs> everyone fox. remembers nostrils and megan fox that, yeah that's, like, that's, that's the sum of the entire movie yeah <laughs> hey i hosted i hosted the q a for that film in melbourne <laughs> hey that this, that was one like the second one of them I actually liked, but again, the reason I liked it was because it was it was so much fan service for fans of the um the original eighties cartoon show. Like yeah. it had the theme song in it and all that stuff. Like like this one, we've got Bebop and Rocksteady again, and and all that stuff. And and like like I say, like hey, big surprise! There's a a sequel tease with Shredder. Like of course, of course. yeah, of course. So it, and it's, I, I think this one uh, well, actually... it was actually. It was interesting that they kind of subverted a little bit what you expect of the familiar characters, like mm. Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, I guess they so, did. Yeah, they did change them a little bit. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I thinking back on it now, I kind of would have expected a bit more from each of these other mutant characters. It's mutant mm. mayhem, so I yeah. kind of thought you'd see more of each of them looking back it was kind of like they've they've all got kind of one note to hit and they do that each time they're there so it's yeah i'm not sure how i feel but it was executed the film did rest a lot on 80s culture as well like Mm. a lot of the hip-hop music and stuff that comes across in this one is 80s And, and originally i thought it was because that is the music that seth rogan listened to when he was growing up but the more and more it came to me, I realized a lot of the fashion in the film was very 80s inspired as well. So mm. I don't know, like there was modern day things in there, like mobile phones and things like that. But it almost feels like the film was set in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's I think it's really just talking back because it's such an old 
franchise yeah. and it's and they gotta keep going back to that like the cowabonga and all that stuff um basically that 80s uh lingo that they were saying like they, they haven't there's no update to the characters in a way that's going to be remembered in another eight years when they've rebooted it another two or three times. Yeah. You know, like as Holly mentioned, there's, there's, there's a running gag in, in the movie about them, the turtles getting milked and sure. And <laughs> which is, it's funny, but at the same time, it, it, I kind of thought, is that supposed to be meta or is it like unintentionally, um, unintentionally kind of self-referential that yeah that there's some big studio that's a big uh corporation that's trying to milk the turtles dry <laughs> of every drop until you know there's nothing left of them is that like is that supposed to be as ironic hey that's why nickelodeon bought the rights you will go for all it's worth every few years <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right but, um yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right, so let's wrap it up. What are we each going to give this one out of five and why? Harley, what are you giving it out of five? I'm going to give it uh, a bit of a halfway mark of three. It's it's entertaining. I loved the effort they went to with going into a new art style. Um, good on them for kind of subverting a few expectations. But overall, I the story so three out of five lee what are you giving it out of five um two and a half it's not a movie i'd probably watch again so um yeah and as i said i wasn't really a fan of the graphics so i'm giving it two and a half and kyle what are you giving it out of five i'm gonna give it three and a half out of five i guess i enjoyed it more than i feared that i might um <laughs> but uh yeah like i think it's it's fun and interesting in places but i just i and i like some of the the twists that they they did with the characters but i just don't think that's anything about it that people are going to remember in a few years when they reboot it again so yeah i'm gonna give it three out of five as well there was parts of it i did like i love the art style but uh mm. I just think that I was wanting something more than just another reboot story. So, yeah, I'm going to give it three out of five. And uh, that's it for us looking at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Um, we'll be back in just a moment on centralcoastradio.com. The film is on general release, so go and check it out at a cinema near you.
Gentlemen, Garfield and Friends. Friends are there. To help you get started, to give you a push on your way. Friends are there. To turn you around, get your feet on the ground for a brand new day. They'll pick you up when you're down. Help you swallow your pride when something inside's got to break on through to the other side. Friends are someone you can open up to. When you feel like you're ready to flip. When you've got the world on your shoulders. Friends are there to give you a tip. Friends are there when you need them. They're even there when you go. For a walk in the park, for a shot in the dark. Friends are there. I don't care. But friends will care for you. So if someone wants you to change the channel, kids, just say no.